Born to a large farming family in the turn of the century Texas panhandle, William Edgeworth Bill Morgan would go on to become president of Colorado State University from 1949 to 69. In that time, it would grow from a small agricultural college to a modern American university. Hello, my name is Charlie Lewis Dreyer. During the early years of the Great Depression, he worked at his alma mater, Texas A&M's registrar's office until 1932 when he got a $50 per month or about 900 today scholarship for the master's program at the University of California. Believe it or not, back then that was plenty for a master's student to live off of and pay for their college. Masters in hand, he went back to Texas A&M and got a large dose of the Great Depression when finding out that all the employees had taken a 25% pay cut and that their paychecks now took months to clear. It wasn't all bad though. During this time, he reconnected with Lilia, a teacher who he'd met on a blind date several years before and would marry by the end of the year. One day, word would come of a fantastic opportunity to work as part of the New Deal with great pay and the ability to become part of the program that would get America working again, what could he do but move to Washington, D.C.? Yet he realized that it was no place to raise the family that he and Lilia would soon have. So he left, and after a short time in the Texas A&M Extension Service, he left to complete his education. With his new son, Brian, being born, he got another scholarship and went off to Harvard. And as Europe boiled, the now Dr. Morgan's life seemed to be on the track for success. But like many others, his path was majorly shifted by Pearl Harbor. Soon after joining the military, he was made a first lieutenant in the Air Force, despite not knowing the first thing about planes. He discovered this was because of the desperate need for administrators. As the volunteers flooded in, the Air Force's administrative staff increased by more than two orders of magnitude. Working at the Pentagon, he swiftly was promoted until he became a lieutenant colonel and was generating data for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. His service wasn't all administrative work, though. His service wasn't all administrative work, though, and included some time in Southeast Asia, where he had many weird experiences, including being served a seven-course meal as civilians starved to death outside the building, and being sent on a mission to transport over 100 pounds of opium across India. After the war, his career was propelled and he became president of Arkansas A&M and even deputy chief of food and agriculture for the Europe rebuilding and communist suppressing Marshall Plan. His next challenge and his focus for the next two decades would be Colorado State College of Agricultural and Mechanical Arts, or Colorado A&M for short. After the war, the college's student population had doubled to more than 4,000 but most believed that after those GI Bill students had graduated, it would go back to being a small agricultural college. But the new president, Morgan, had a different plan. Working through strong opposition in both the college and the surrounding city of Fort Collins, he was able to rapidly expand it over the next several years. He grew the college away from the old cream-colored buildings on the Oval and to a much more expansive layout focused on the plaza and center avenue. It's from his presidency that we get things like the College of Liberal Arts, the Lorry Student Center, and the name Colorado State University. Perhaps his most impressive expansion project was what we now know of as Morgan Library. 
CSU was once in the running for a major research contract. That would have led to a lot of jobs and prestige, yet we were passed up due to our small and underwhelming library. There simply wasn't the budget for the large, expansive library that the university was clearly due for. So by gathering all the support he could, President Morgan managed to get a contract so efficient that even the limited budget of the college could afford it. Despite the odds, the new library would be built and it would be everything we needed. It was decided to break the convention against naming buildings for living people so that it could be named Morgan Library in recognition of how it came to exist through his hard work and determination. His presidency wasn't all successes though. As tensions mounted in the late 60s, his authority put him in an awkward position. Although he thought highly of many of the leaders in the campus's civil rights movement, the way of the movement was to use mass protest and direct action to push for rapid change. This was highly contrary to his deliberate and personal leadership style. Although he would work to accommodate the students and parents alike, in the end he was overwhelmed and decided to retire as president of CSU in June 1969. After his retirement, he and Lilia would stay in Fort Collins until his death in 2005, but his legacy would be felt by all the students and faculty who would go to the Colorado State University that he had found as a small agricultural college and left as a modern American university. If you would like to know more about this topic, I would highly recommend that you read my best source for the making of this podcast, Visionary Leadership, The Memoirs of William E. Morgan.